Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. It has arrived. <laughs> what did you call them? Ushis? Ushis? Ushis. Oh. Ushis? <laughs> You're about to purchase and your brain goes, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. This that was very unusual. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did watch when um, Harry met Sally the other week. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome. This week we're talking about minimalism. We'll uncover what minimalism really is take a dive into living simply and talk about practical ways that you can apply minimalism principles in your life. Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I'm Lily. And I'm Bonnie. And we are two sisters who are passionate about organising. And Bonnie, in fact, she is a professional organiser. And Bon, you've been doing that for nearly 10 years. Yes. When you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. And I truly do love it. It's amazing. So one of the things that has come out of all of your experience as a professional organiser is our brand new course. Yes, the Essentials Guide. It's a great guide that helps you organise every room in your house from head to toe with simple steps, short video tutorials. It's really designed for the time poor parent. Which we are. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I feel you. But we wanted to mention the course for those of you who aren't aware because there is currently early bird pricing to celebrate its launch, but that pricing actually ends on the 31st of October. So if you're interested in checking out the course, head to littlehomeorganized.com.au and check it out. Okay. So this week we're talking about minimalism and this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because I am a bit of a minimalist. Well, on that note, I think we should make this episode only about five minutes long because we're just going to (laughs) have... The key points in there with no flip, fluff, 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 extra, extra, yes, yes, that's true. Okay, so lucky for you guys, this is only going to be a five minute episode. We're done now. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) No, so I really want to keep to five minutes if we try. I'm I'm pretty sure the intro and the outro are five minutes on their own. So, (laughs) no, sisters just love to have a chat. Yes, we do. So minimalism, I love talking about it. And one of the things I love to do when I present a workshop on minimalism is the very first slide I put up is, okay, so here's all the things that you need to do or have to be a minimalist. And everybody's waiting with bated breath because there's a a bit of a competition going on about who can be like the best minimalists and stuff. It's, it's, it's um, subconscious. No one actually says it directly, but you can feel the vibe in the room that like people are competing. So I'll put up, okay, you have to have less than 100 items, you have to ride a bike to work, you have to only have one set of cutlery, you have to have only one jacket, uh, you have to be plastic free. Only wooden toys. Only wooden toys, you can't give birthday or Christmas presents that are jokes. And I put all this stuff up and everybody's drawers drop a little bit more with every point that I put up. And by the end of the slide, their jaws are on the floor and then I go to the next slide and I say, I'm just joking and they're all like because I thought I was a minimalist. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I wanted to chat about today is those myths that people have about minimalism and what it actually means to be a minimalist. And what would you say is the misconception out there to what a minimalist actually is? Well, it definitely is the number of items that you own because when you look at other people who do blogs and do videos, and I'm thinking about people like The Minimalists or Joshua Becker who does 
becoming minimalist or even Courtney Carver, there's often blog posts about how many items they own and how they've reduced from, I think the average house has something like 300,000 items in it. Like it's a crazy amount that you never would have imagined. But when you think about like each sock or each pen or, you know, that counts as one item, well then, yeah, you can see how you can get to such a high number. Mm. But that misconception of I've got to have less than 100 items or I've got to have less than 500 items can really get people stuck because I think it's like this level of perfectionism that they're trying to get to. And it also doesn't necessarily apply to your circumstances just because that person's idea of their minimalist living has gotten them down to that point of having that many items doesn't mean that's what's appropriate for you. And that doesn't mean that without reaching that goal, you can't be a minimalist. That's true. And I think sometimes we can look at the blogs on minimalism and think, oh, you can fit all of your earthly possessions into a backpack or a suitcase. And wow, wouldn't that be amazing if I could do that? I've got three kids and a husband. <laughs> that is never going to happen. I can't even fit them in there. <laughs> no. And I've got a dog. Like there's just no way that that's even attainable for me. That would be kind of like insanity for me to and even try. yet you still love minimalism. I do. And so that's why I think it's really important to firstly bust that myth that it's not about the number of items that you own. And in fact, minimalism is really – instead of it being a destination, it's actually more about the vehicle that gets you to your destination, whatever that might be. I would definitely say it is a mindset and how you approach the stuff in your house and the flow of things coming in and out. Yes, most definitely. I think it is more about how you feel and act about your things and that sort of intentionality rather than, oh, cool, I've arrived and I'm a minimalist. It's a bit like when you diet. We use dieting as a good comparison because I think so many people have tried it in their life. It's a bit like when you do a diet or you do a you know body challenge and you get to a certain goal weight and you go, yeah, cool, I've reached it. Does that mean that you're never going to backslide or does that mean life's never going to be imperfect again and kind of upset the uppercut? Well, no. And so that's why when we have this level of perfectionism that's not very realistic, it's really hard to maintain it and stay at that level and we're just – setting ourselves up for, for failure, really. So hopefully we can bust that myth for you because minimalism doesn't have to be, I can fit my life into a backpack. You can still be a minimalist by being intentional about the goods that do come into your life. And there are so many benefits to minimalism. And I think like the big one that I identify with is if you have got less stuff, your house is likely to be easier to clean. (laughs) Oh, it is actually so all about cleaning. And right now my husband and I are looking for our dream property on the Sunshine Coast and a couple have come up recently and the land is perfect and the position is lovely, but they've got these old houses on them that are huge. Like there's one that has a six bedroom and it's got four um, living spaces and it needs a lot of work anyway. And we've just said, no way, Jose. Like, we do not want to convert that into a bar area and a patio and a this and a that. And like, yeah, it's got such great potential, Mm. but we just don't want a house that big. Yeah, because there's so much to clean. And you can imagine the difference of walking into a spare bedroom, right, that has a bed in it and a desk. Let's say that's your spare bedroom. The amount of time it would take you to clean that room compared to that room being filled with all of your extra sporting equipment, that random treadmill that you're convinced you're going to use. and the memorabilia. Like your memorabilia, boxes, things that you don't know where their home's going to be. If that room suddenly starts filling up and up and up, I mean, that is so much harder to clean, not even jumping into the, the obvious issue there that it's there's, cluttered. there's clutter in there. 
But it is harder to clean. If there's less stuff, it is going to be easier to clean. And I think one of the ideas around minimalism as well, I kind of think of it in like two ways. I like see people who are minimalists in one sense, they live in like tiny houses or caravans. <gasps> I love tiny houses. I, oh, They're you, so cool. I, I just know how much you adore tiny houses. And then I also see like people who actually have reasonably large homes but are very particular about having only just the essentials in their homes and they almost Mm. look like show homes and this is the big key to minimalism it is all about intentionality so when you bring something into the home you're intentional about it it's not the oh I might just wait and see if it looks right or if it's okay or I'll just give it a go but it's actually I've really thought through the process of bringing this item in and the pros and cons. And yes, I'm definite about it. It's a good quality item. It's a good investment. It's going to last me a long time. It's going to fit perfectly with what my house needs and what my family needs. Yep, I'm doing it. And that's, I think, where minimalism can be a tool that actually gives us a lot of freedom. One of the things that the minimalists talk about is when we start to be intentional with our stuff and get rid of the excess that we are emotionally investing in, we can start to actually have to deal with the inner emotions and the inner things that are going on with us, which some people might be like, hmm, what? It's no, no, I, I need that toaster. I need that whatever. But what they're saying is when you start to be really intentional with your thoughts and think about the things that you actually need, you start to see how you almost like wrap yourself up in some layers so you don't have to necessarily deal with certain things. And I think that's where we talk a lot about the psychology behind our clutter and why we keep things and how to let go in our work with our clients. And I think it's that same sort of principle. It's actually not about the stuff at all. When we go in and work with a person, it's not about the stuff. Absolutely. It's about the person. It's about their past experiences. Maybe it's trauma. Maybe it's not. It's just their worldview. And right then when you're asking about letting go of a toaster, it's not about letting go of a toaster. It's about letting go of something that maybe represents- What does the toaster actually mean? Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. maybe great memories with a, a, a spouse who's no longer here or, you know, something like that. So it's not about the stuff. And that's, that's where that quote from the minimalist, I think is really, really poignant. Absolutely. So there are plenty of benefits to minimalism. And another one is that you're likely to spend less money and we're all about saving money. Another really great benefit is less stress. When there's less stuff in your house, there are less things that you need to clean. There are less things that you need to worry about. And look, a house that's easier to clean, sign me up for that baby because I'm not a real fan of cleaning. I have oh, to Oh, and who's got the time? No, really. I mean, yeah, it, it's tough. The other reason that it's really good to, I guess, embrace the principles of minimalism is that it's good for the environment. You're yes. less consumerism, less purchasing $3 shirts that only last two washes. Or until your daughter sticks her finger through and makes a big hole. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't believe she did that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, when I bought that shirt, I knew I should not have bought it. But I went against my better judgment and I bought it anyway. And then I took it back two days later. (laughs) I think one of the biggest things about it, though, if I was to try and surmise what minimalism can do for someone is I really do believe it gives you a big sense of freedom because in our culture, in this consumeristic life that we are encouraged to lead, you're constantly looking over your shoulder at what your neighbor's got and your social circle has. And so you want to like, you know, the whole idea of keeping up with the Joneses and having the bigger house and, oh, once I have the bigger car, I'm going to upgrade to this car and then I've got to put this feature on my car and I'm going to buy this device for my kitchen or, 
you know, my children have to have the best toys or whatever it is. The idea about getting intentional with what we're purchasing, it's like it's a sense of freedom where you can say, hang on a minute, I don't need to do what everybody else is doing. I don't need to fill my house with clutter and stuff to try and feel like I'm okay, to feel good, to feel like I'm okay, to feel that I'm worthy. Like I can be my true self and I don't have to have a $100,000 forward drive to do that. So it's about being content and being happy within yourself, you think. Yeah. And, and not not letting the stuff fill the, the happiness gap. Yeah. You really are, you know, connecting with yourself. Mm. And that's what I notice a lot about a lot of the people who blog about minimalism is that they really don't want to people please. They don't give a hoot about what other people think. They're just living their truest selves. And I really respect and admire that because I think too often I get caught up in, oh, what's what's this person doing? And what's that person's posting on social media? And how does my life or my family or my home compare to theirs? And It's exhausting, isn't it? It is really exhausting. And while social media has a, a lot of pros, one of the very big cons is that we're constantly looking at what other people have got and then feeling discontent with what we've got. Yeah, and it's just no way to live, is it? Because you'll never be satisfied. No, that's right. Oh my gosh, have you seen that? Have you seen the musical yet? Hamilton? No. On Disney Plus? No, I haven't. Oh, there are certain words that have always been in my vocabulary, but now when I hear them, my brain triggers a pathway and it wants me to try and start singing because <laughs> I have that problem anyway. I hear like certain words and I just like want to bust out a song. But there are certain words from that musical. It is amazing for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. You absolutely have to. And <laughs> satisfied is one of them. Oh, oh, I was wondering where that thought train was going. I have yeah. to admit. Choo-choo, it has arrived. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what, it, oh, for anyone out there, PM me, DM me, how amazing Hamilton is, totally digressing. In fact, <laughs> let's digress and jump over to a Clutter Confessions. Clutter Confessions. <laughs> Hey guys, love the podcast. I want to tell you about my clutter confession though. I have a massive problem with hoarding trophies. I can't seem to let go. I've got 78 trophies and 308 medals. Uh, not that I'm counting. I don't know what's going on. I kind of want to melt it down into a table. I'm just not ready to let it go yet. 308. That's a lot. That's I'm a high achiever right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, are you an athlete? Should we know your name? Um, a trophy table. What a cool idea. Yeah, I guess, like melting it down. I, you know, like in um, oh, Game of Thrones, they melted down all those swords and made that- Made the know, throne. Yeah, you could yeah. have like an, a table that is a- A trophy cel- table. Yeah, a trophy table, a celebration of your victories in grade three high jump all the way up to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder how many of them are participation. No, 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 no. I'm oh, sure they're all- <laughs> I'm sure they're ouch. all- <laughs> No, no, they only give ribbons out for participation. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. They that's, don't waste the trophies. That's amazing. And it's, it's a hard one with um, things like trophies and the stuff that you earn. I think it's one of those things that gets easier in time to let go of and you go back and you just keep the key ones that really meant a lot. Yeah, it's funny because I had a lot of swimming trophies. I mean, we were a swimming family and- as I kind of got a bit older, they became less and less important to me and they took up so much space in a box and it was never something that I loved displaying because it's not like I um, was actually all that great at it. It was just swimming club trophies. (laughs) And so I think it got to the point where I, 
you know, took photos of some. And then I think I've kept one, like a really small one, just as a memento of like, hey, yeah, you actually did get a trophy and here's the proof just in case my kids ever ask. You did good, Bonnie. I did you good. You did good. Yeah. <laughs> I was all right back then. So if you have a clutter confession, anything weird, wacky or wonderful, send it in. We'd love to hear from you. Just head to our Facebook page, Little Home Organised Podcast. Now, there's a quote I really love from The Minimalists and this just really highlights what we were saying earlier about minimalism being a tool, a vehicle, not a destination. And the quote is, minimalism simply allows you to make decisions more consciously, more deliberately. And that's a bit like the intentionality thing that we were talking about before. Yes, like you were saying, when I go to buy a shirt, be intentional about the shirt that I choose to bring in. Am I going to buy the cheap shirt that I know that I'm going to have to replace or do I say instead of buying five cheap shirts, I'm going to buy two high quality shirts? Yes. And I remember a few months ago spending some time with friends of ours who live in Toowoomba and we were talking about clothing for some reason because I'm not a shopper. So it's not something I talk about a lot. And I think we were talking about how it was difficult to find good quality shirts for my husband. And my girlfriend was saying, oh, we buy this particular brand and they cost, you know, however much but I know he's going to have that shirt for 10 years. And I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I It's ha- a good point, isn't it? It really is. Like I keep buying these shirts that look good and I think they're good quality and I kind of do a bit of research and then they still only give, you know, a year or two. And I think, well. It's hard to spend that money, isn't it? It is. And it's super frustrating because sometimes I'm buying brands that I think, oh, yeah, this will be good quality. And then they just stretch or they fade or, you know, the, the collar goes a bit funny on bloke shirts and it's just like ah man but you're getting one part right of that which is like you've got the minimalist thinking of being really intentional with the purchase i'm trying but i tell you what it's not working yeah just got to do a bit better bonnie i know (laughs) that level of perfection just ain't there um but i wanted to talk about what the practical steps are that we can take to use this minimalism print or these minimalism principles in our lives And one of the first things that we've kind of already alluded to, but buying less. Yep. Bring less into your house. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to be living a minimalist life, don't continue on the mindless purchasing machine of just buy, 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 buy. From today, it's that simple. From today, every time you go to swipe that card, do that online purchase, really start to think through is this something that I need to be bringing into my home? And we also have the um, stop before you shop steps. And we've talked about that in a previous episode and we'll chuck it in the show notes for you that you can have like little mantras going on in your head to really think about things before you purchase them. And that can help you bring in less stuff. Yeah, it's really important to actually think about those stop before you shop questions because it's only when you actually go to buy that thing and you stop yourself and say, okay, can I come back in a week and see if I still need it? And you go away. And a few days later, you realize, I can't even remember what that thing was. Unless I feel like, you know, I could be wrong, but I feel like unless you actively practice that type of thinking, we're so accustomed to feeling in that moment that we absolutely need it. Yeah. And that's that's that chemical release in your brain. That's the dopamine hit of you're about to purchase and your brain goes, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then you buy it and you get this massive (laughs) dopamine release. I know. (laughs) That was very unusual. (laughs) I did watch when um, Harry met Sally the other week. (laughs) (laughs) That might have something to do with it. 
<laughs> or it could be yesterday's surgery sedation. Who knows? I mean, there's so much going on right now. You're a now. loose unit today, Bonnie. I, what I'm, can we say? I'm just a loose cannon. Please forgive me. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> back on track. <laughs> um, another thing that's really important when we're talking about buying and bringing things into the house is making sure that we obviously get rid of the stuff that we're not using around the house. So everything's got a purpose. And if its purpose is not being fulfilled at your house, let it go to someone else's house where its purpose can be fulfilled. Yeah. Starting to get into the psychology of it and the thinking of why you're struggling to let go of it. We've got an episode, The Art of Letting Go. You can go check that one out. But this attachment that we have to our stuff, like really start to challenge yourself on the thoughts that you are having and the mantras that you're having about why that item needs to stay. Yeah. That self-talk is really important. It's a bit like when you have impulsive thoughts. It's really good to kind of take a step back and go, oh, that's a that's an interesting thought. I'm just going to let that one sit there and not act on it. It's the same, you know, like eating chocolate. We mm. have this impulse and this temptation to give in and eat chocolate. But it's good to step back and go, oh, I've got an impulse to eat chocolate. Why is that? Oh, because I'm really stressed and I'm really tired and I'm feeling ra- rather overwhelmed today. So let's step back and go, okay, well, is that actually a good thought to follow through on? Or should I just go and have a cup of tea and go to bed early instead? Or should I eat the whole block? Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) So another thing, and Body and I talk about this all the time, is no melon bowlers. No melon bowlers. (laughs) Alternatively. Oh, that is so funny though. Someone actually messaged me the other day and they were like, I listened to your episode. I got rid of my melon baller. I never used it. And then like a week later, I had a purpose for using my melon baller. And that is so incredibly rare but I still stick to my guns on melon ballers. A hundred percent. And you know what? It's Murphy's law, but the art of making do, you just find something else that will do the job. Absolutely. So the idea of the, the obsession with the melon baller guys is it is a unitasker. Mm. So it is something that takes up a bit of space in your house, but only has one purpose. And so if you're trying to be a bit more minimalistic, when you're purchasing things or when you're looking at what you have in your drawers, you're wanting to try and think about keeping the multi-purpose things that are really functional for taking up space in your house compared to those unitasker items that you might have a bunch of them when you could make do with something else. Do you really need that melon baller? Do you really need that zoodler? Yes, you do. You know, (laughs) (laughs) zoodlers are amazing. Don't get rid of them. If you love to zoodle away. But yeah, you get the idea. So thinking about the unitaskers you might have in your home, is there something else you have in your kitchen already that can do that function reasonably well? And that could be a good reason to get rid of that unitasker, have a bit more space for the things that you actually want to be using. And another little thought process that's really good to keep in mind is the five R's. So they are refuse, reduce, reuse, repurpose and recycle. And you probably remember from the 80s and 90s, the reduce, reuse, recycle, but that's been expanded now to include these other two. So step one is to refuse. So what's refusing mean? So an example of refusing would be if you're at the grocery store and they want to give you a plastic bag and you it's like two items that you could clearly just carry. You'd be mm. like, no, thanks. I don't need to bring that plastic bag into my house and yeah. also contribute to landfill the the disaster that is our planet's environment right now yes and it's a bit like the freebies that come with magazines or if you get a bonus or Or if you earn ooshies if you're in australia and you shop at woolworths what did you call them ooshies 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 oh oh my goodness seriously that's how little i care about ooshies (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know how to say it consider 
the the whole idea of these little they're, for anyone who doesn't know they're these tiny little plastic figurines and they're kind of like a rubber aren't they yeah yeah they're like soft soft and plasticky. you they're a part of a collection so each time you shop you spend a certain amount you earn them but then of course there's a collection and so kids get really oh, invested in the idea of having obsessive. the whole collection and then they there's the fear of missing out and blah blah blah, 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 blah. but the whole point is you can buy into that and bring that stuff into your house, sure. But or you can also say no. You can say no. Yeah. You can refuse. And no judgment either way because – I mean, um, you guys did the issues this time, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, because a family member started collecting for us and then, of course, my kids were like, oh, ushies, ushies. And now that I have a preppy and they talk about ushies and stuff Well, they would school, talk about it at school. It was yeah. one of those things where I was like, well, I don't want you guys to miss out. And so I didn't actively go and seek them out, but – we just shop at that shop anyway. And so they just kind of naturally came into the house. And the kids do love them and they do play with them. And, you know, they play Ushi Treasure Hunt a lot. They go and hide them in I love spots. that they're actually using them. That's yeah, great. Yeah, that's, that's probably where the intentionality side of things comes in. Yeah, and like I just think it's a good point to highlight is that even though you're a minimalist and that you are really intentional with stuff constantly, intentional with things that need to leave the house and come into the house, you can still – have a life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's that whole progress, not perfection thing, really. What a good mantra to have. We should um, add that to our show. We totally should. So the second step is reduce. So this is um, resisting that impulse buying. So similar to refuse, but it's actually more uh, a self-talk sort of thing. So when you're out and you're looking at stuff, do I really need five pairs of black pants? Well, probably not because the other four work perfectly fine. So just do the reducing side of things. Reduce the amount of stuff that you buy. When you do buy, buy once, buy right. Next, we want to think about reuse. So ditch the disposables, try and get for, go for the reusable stuff, minimize your impact on the planet and go for like the reusable straws, good quality items when you're purchasing, trying to think about things that aren't going to end up just getting ditched. Yeah, so make sure every couple of years. when you buy yourself or your kids water bottles that they're really good quality, that they're easily recyclable, that you can replace little parts in them because I find that I've got two kids who are quite chewy and the rubber spouts get kind of shredded pretty easily. Mm. So I can replace those instead of having to replace a whole new bottle. So that that's that kind of... Oh, that's a good way to go. Yeah, it is. It's that intentionality thing once again. Uh, step number four is about repurposing. So... Last year, I actually decided to switch from plastic to glass. There were these tomato paste jars at our local grocery store that I just loved and they were clear with a white top and they looked really awesome with vinyl, you know, cry cut labels on them. And so I just got my friends and family to gather them up and give them to me over a six month period. And now I have a great glass jar collection in my pantry with beautiful vinyl labels on them um, that I didn't have to pay any extra money for. And for those who love, you know, things to look aesthetically pleasing, obviously they all match, which is really nice. But mm. the, the great thing that you've done there is people have bought tomato paste for cooking and then instead of just recycling it, you've given that glass jar a second purpose. But recycling is actually um, the fifth step. So anything that you can recycle, be intentional about the things that go into your bin. So think about – I'm like I'm really trying hard at this at the moment to think about everything that I put in the bin – could it be recycled, composted, worm farmed, soft mm. plastic? Like what separated category can I do to keep everything going out of the general bin? And that's a really good way to try and minimise your um, impact. 
The important thing to remember about recycling is this is step five for a reason. You need to try and do steps one to four before you get to the recycling because I think too often in our society there is this thought of, oh, I'll just buy it because it's recyclable. Well, actually everything that's recyclable Mm. does have an end date of recycling. There's only so many times it can be recycled before it's actually no, no longer usable. So that's why refusing, reducing, reusing, repurposing are the steps that come beforehand because recycling is actually our last step before landfill and tragically some places in throughout the world when you recycle you can't guarantee that it's actually not getting recycled in landfill so from the outset if we're being really intentional with bringing stuff into our home in the first place we can reduce the amount of stuff that we are going to have and then be putting into landfill as well and i think we need to have a tidy task before we wrap up and i want to make this week's tidy task pretty simple because that's what minimalism is all about living simply and what I would like you to do is to go to our show notes on our website and look up those stop before you shop questions and for the next week every time you go to purchase something I want you to stop and ask yourself all of those questions and then see if you still want to purchase that item or if you want to wait and give yourself a week and let us know how you go. We love to hear about your progress and we love your feedback. We love it when you message us and it just brings a smile to our face every day to hear from you guys. So thank you so much for listening and drop us a line this week. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Little Home Organised podcast. And remember, progress, not perfection. See you later. Bye. Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.